It's where we, your neighborhood, choose to intentionally support an independent business as an act of respect. We acknowledge the tremendous amount of risk and challenges inherent to starting one's own business, but recognize that for minority people, specifically African Americans, those challenges can be even higher. So we invite you to join us in celebrating this month's Hoods Goods. This month, we are graced with the presence of the eclectic, aesthetic curator, Ania Ferdinand of La Lolita Vintage. She's going to talk to us about why she believes clothes that we put on our skin matters and how her grandmother started it all. This is La Lolita Vintage, this month's Hoods Goods. So, hey, ladies. Hey, girl, hey, girl, hey. Hello, hello. Jackie and I are here today with Lola from La Lolita Vintage. Doesn't that sound sexy? There is a whole sexy vibe happening. (laughs) There's a whole sexy vibe. I have been admiring you from afar for a really long time, so I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Um, We try to pair our hoods goods with what our current topic is. And so this month was the environment. And um, this is our season of solutions. So for each big umbrella topic that we cover, we're looking for solutions, um, specifically local, but solutions that can be scaled up wherever you are. And fashion is, believe it or not, the second largest polluter in the world after oil. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. That led that me part. to um that led me to a perfect excuse to talk to you, which I wanted to do anyway, because you have a vintage company. So can you tell us a little bit about um what brought you to vintage? I've always been into vintage, like uh, since I was growing up because um my family moved here from Panama. And we didn't really have much, so we'd go to like uh, thrift stores and stuff like that, looking for clothes. And just, it became like a hobby and stuff like that. Like, I just really liked finding things like diamonds in the rough. And I've like always been interested in fashion too. Mm -hmm. I went to school for fashion design. So I'd always like, kind of like imagine like a bigger world through like TV and like, I'm like, ah, I want to look like that. Because if you look like that, you can do a whole bunch of stuff. So it was just kind of like a a way of playing dress up, but in real life, because that's honestly what I feel humans do all day is just play dress up. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. And then it's just like, yeah, it's so many things that people kind of like waste or turn their backs on because they're like, you know, constantly looking for the upgrade in life, which is cool because, you know, that's what you strive for. But at the same time, it's like, so many things that just get overlooked and I don't know, I like to take my time. (laughs) Well, I think that um, it's one thing to go in search of things, but then to be able to have the eye to find, to curate a beautiful collection takes a lot of skill. So it's, I'm, I'm not surprised to hear that you've studied fashion. (laughs) Does that make you feel better? Always. (laughs) <laughs> what do you mean no I'm talking about Hannah Me? I feel like it makes her feel okay. better because it's like wait a minute she studied this <laughs> so when, <laughs> when I was a kid you know 
that you know, going to the thrift store was like the absolute worst. Now I absolutely love it. Absolutely. Yeah, my siblings hated it. I was like the only one that found like a joy in it. Like they still don't like I have to like convince them to get stuff. I'm like, it's it's vintage, it's antique. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, I love it. But they they had a problem with like used things because to them it felt like we were like poor. I'm like, ah, who cares? Because yeah. that's always been like my attitude about stuff. I'm like, who cares what other people are thinking? <laughs> hmm. Well, the interesting part is like to, to Hannah's point is now the work that you're doing is considered a form of is, is its own justice in itself, right? Like its own sense of. Um... I feel like culturally, it's just a way of life for people who like, you know what I mean, live within their means, because a lot of times people are like considered poor and stuff like that. But my grandma always carried around her tote to like stores and stuff like that you know what I mean like it was always something reusable she always took scraps and made stuff from it if she had extra fabric she'd make like you know uniforms for the homeless kids in the city that we're from and stuff like that so it's always been give back to where you're from Mm, I love that Mm -hmm. did you ever wear anything your grandma made you I actually have like a one of the little patchwork uh like she makes like big patchwork, like sheets and stuff like that. So I have it on the armchairs of my couch because it's kind of like funky. It's like patchwork. And I've gotten like little designs from other people who make stuff like from the, uh, the Dominican Republic and stuff. Just like a way to give back. And it's just kind of like a way of life. So I don't really think of it as like charity. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's a, there. I guess there is kind of a stigma that exists for some people around reuse or repair of clothing, but ultimately that's really what we need to move to given how much of the average family's clothes end up in the landfill. Yeah. Cause, um, I guess it's just like the way that society is like, I guess once we expanded like with uh, manufacturing and stuff like that, it was always like a need to have more and more and more and more. And it's like, now we have so much, we don't even know what to do with it. We're trying to pay people to take our trash in different countries and like in cities and stuff like that, where it's just causing so much pollution. And then we're wondering why is it that so many people are like, I feel like it's like contributing to mental illness, honestly. It's just like, fashion is to me anthropology which is like the study of humans so like what people are wearing is reflecting like what's going on in the world at the time mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so tell uh tell us where people can find you i i first saw you at the virginia beach flea um where else are you and how can people get in touch with you to see your stuff i'm mostly on instagram so i sell a lot online so I'm always on my Instagram at Lalalita Vintage, and I am always at the VB Flea on the third Saturday of every month on 19th Street, and it's behind uh, the pink dinghy in the alley, and we do a first Friday night every month also. So that's where I am consistently, but I'm popping up around the city at different cool events and stuff like that, supporting our communities. So... What do you think has been your biggest challenge in making this into your thing? Or have you found any challenges in like saying, you know what, this is going to be, this is going to be how I make my living. Yeah. So for me, 
the challenges like going 100% at this and then sometimes like you're just learning so much about yourself and like there's a complete transformation and healing that has to happen within like yourself so that you get your priorities together so it's just like me managing myself as I would have like a boss or whatever I have to be my own boss now so that's like to me the toughest part and then sometimes I get like the role to manage other people so it's like hey, who is this person? This is like my alternate me trying to be like that person that I want to be. So that's like the most challenging part is myself. <laughs> it sounds like doing this is come, the work comes from the heart. And then you're now you're trying to do the business side of the things that you love so much. Oh, yeah. Because it's so hard to think of yourself in the business side. Like, you know how it is when you work for other people. It's like everything is kind of like outlined and detailed. And you're like, oh, well, that's a goal I got to crush and stuff like that. You got to come up with those goals for yourself all the time. So you have to have like this kind of superhuman belief in yourself <laughs> that you can smash like anything you put your mind to. And sometimes you struggle with that because imposter syndrome and all of that good stuff. So, yeah, that's the most challenging part. <laughs> I could see that. What's the most interesting or most memorable piece of, of clothing or whatever, whatever it was that you found and did you sell it or did you keep it or did you, did you have a hard time with it? What do you think? Um, I have most of the stuff that I keep is like from my mom's closet. She has really good pieces. She also used to sell clothes. She's always had like an entrepreneurial spirit or whatnot. So I keep most of the stuff that come out of her closet, but she has like this really cute, um, it's kind of got like butterfly sleeves. It's like, uh, I don't know how to explain it. It's got like ruffles on the sleeves, but it's like layers of ruffles and it's just, it falls so daintily. And then on the back, it has like these really cute, like embroidered roses and they mm. one of them is like 3d they have like 3d kind of roses on the back too it's just I can't get rid of it it's awesome <laughs> I've never seen anything like it <laughs> I save too much too much of my clothes that probably aren't that nice in hopes that one day my daughter will be like it's my mom so <laughs> <laughs> yeah you never know what you might think is like ew they might be like oh my god this is the coolest thing ever yeah yeah and can you tell us a little bit about, um, you also make clothes, right? Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So right now I'm like working on a collection. It's like super personal to make clothes. So I'm like always taking my time and I don't know, I probably get like a mad artist where I like tear up papers and throw it away before I actually ever present anything to anyone. Like I just do one-off things and then show them online, but I'm working on a collection. Wow. Wow. And what advice would you give to someone that was interested in making this their, I don't want to say someone because I feel like you're an artist, right? In your own right. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to an artist transitioning themselves into making their art their business? Oh, I always tell people to just go for it. I mean, just, I feel like every business article or like you know story I've read of like successful business people they kind of just struggled through and figured it out as they went along the way like preparing and stuff like that is the best way to go but also there's going to be some stuff that you're never going to be able to prepare for so experience is the best teacher don't listen to nobody if you got this vision in mind because no one else can see what you see so just go for it 
hit the ground. I'm taking notes. I'm going to play that on repeat for myself. <laughs> <laughs> What's the question you never Seriously. want people to ask you about your, your, uh, about your collection? Cause I could see like, we say vintage and then there's these people like, oh my God, I could go to Goodwill and I could get this for like $5.99 or I could, what's, What's the thing that you want people to know about your craft that makes it different from, from just going to any old store or any old place? What kind of experience are they getting with, with, your, with your brand? Yeah, we get that a lot as vintage sellers. People always tell us that they can find a certain thing. And I'm like, all right, go ahead, find it. Because <laughs> it's really hard to find certain things. Like sometimes you have to go with a plan in mind and a lot of times I think of what I want before I go into the store so I'm like not picking up too much stuff because you know that happens you walk in and you're like I don't need a cart and the next thing you know you're grabbing a cart (laughs) (laughs) and it's it's like full to the top by the time you get to (laughs) the register so to avoid that I'm like yeah it's it takes like a special amount of like care and curating because I like have in mind like the types of things that I want to give to people like for instance I like to shop really good quality fabrics like um because I care about the the types of fabrics that go on like my skin for instance because you know we wear a lot of plastics and stuff like that which is also not that great for you I'm not like an avid like environmentalist and stuff I just Mm -hmm. I'm very picky about feel you know, and Mm -hmm. nothing feels better than cotton, silk, and like, you know, natural fibers. So I try to go for those. And I look for things that are usually have tags or next to new, like no stains. So it's like, it's a a lot of care that goes into it. You got to like wash it and there's special methods of washing vintage. So it's like, yeah, you could find it, but it's, we do what we do. We know what we're doing. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of um, knowledge of fabric and fabric construction that if that um, I can appreciate that skill in choosing what, you know, when you're when you're surrounded by a ton of options to choose good pieces, quality pieces, pieces that, you know, are going to last. Um, you were talking about plastics and fabric and something that I just learned relatively recently was that each time you wash a garment that is made with plastic in it, those Mm -hmm. microplastics are going into our water and then the little fish are eating them and then the bigger fish are eating them. And the next thing you're eating plastic that came out of your clothes is getting introduced into our, our food system. And that plastic isn't going away. And a lot of these garments are going to last for 200 years. So it's all the more reason to be really thoughtful about what you put on your body and your skin is your biggest organ too so yeah yeah so whatever is rubbing up against it and also um so true confession i did the um little seven day free trial for masterclass Mm -hmm. and of all the great thinkers of our time that are on masterclass who did i go for first but tan france from Mm -hmm. queer eye who's Mm -hmm. the fashion guy yeah i love him And there's just so much about how you feel as a person that can be wrapped up in your clothing. And so to me, it feels like a win, win, win to shop this way. Cause you're getting something less expensive. A lot of mm-hmm. times you're getting something that is unique. N- nobody else is going to be able to, people might ask you where you got it. And you're going to say, good luck, Right. <laughs> good luck finding it. It's your own style, less expensive, better for the planet. Win, 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 win. 
Yeah, and I find like it's a big community as well because there's so many people that are more conscious about uh, conscious about the way that they shop and they they get like you just become more of a community because you care a lot more. So people come back for that. Wow. So I want to ask about the intersectionality around this mm-hmm. with race because the what what's your experience of being in this field um what's your experience well coming from like the fashion industry like already like you're always going to be underestimated sometimes people will steal your ideas that kind of thing is always like it's kind of like par for the course they tell you to expect that pretty much coming out of school so there's that you got to kind of like fight for your positions and to be seen not really fight, but you know what I'm saying? Like people recognize who the mastermind is at the end of the day. It's mm. just like a lot of being underestimated. So it it's like, um, I don't know how to explain it. It kind of creates like a better fighter in you, mm. in my opinion, because I'm like, no one's going to tell me what I can and can't do based on the color of my skin. Like if I exist, it's not for any other human on this planet. It's because God put me here. So I don't think anyone can like stop me from doing what my purpose is. That what you're saying all lines up to the vibe I've gotten from anytime I've seen you or your stuff or um, just looking, watching you on Instagram, that, um, that fighter and that confidence and that um, trust in your skill really comes through. Yeah, it's like you kind of had to learn it through tough skin because the fashion industry is like really rough, like being petty and like, catty is seen as the cool thing to do and I've been there done that and then like through healing and like you know growing up and stuff you realize that's not the way you're supposed to be with people because we all have our own individual struggles and you know even like people that you don't think that you can relate to on the most like basic level everyone relates at the end of the day so I try not to take too much to heart and stuff like that because I'm like no one is going to stop me at the end of the day regardless of like I see what we have to go through I see what we have to do but at the same time we have to push forward despite whatever is happening because that's the only way that we'll make it where did the name come from how did you Lala Lita Vintage where did it come from well people call me Lola because I get I'm very determined so I get what I want that's that's part of it (laughs) and um so derivative la lolita vintage i thought it was cool and it sounded vintage so it's like la lolita (laughs) la lolita and i'm looking i was like your name is yeah it's Mm -hmm. also a play on the fact that i'm afro latina too Mm -hmm. so just like you know put that in there yeah love it Thank you. Oh, I love it. So we have to catch. We have to at some point catch up with you. And I'm grateful for your energy that you bring. Um, and I think Hannah, you touched on it a little bit. One of the things she's like, I look around, I see her, and I look at everybody else around there, and I say, you know, what kind of energy does it take to show up and and do this? So I think I just want to express gratitude, which I think is the same thing Hannah has for you um, showing up. Um, even in, in spaces that may be very welcoming, but you're the only one like you um, right. for being an example. Um, I'm excited to get down there one day and take my fashionista 
to see all. Oh, the, I've been thinking yes. about this her this whole time. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I, because you said you went to school. So I definitely have to have her ask you questions because she tends to think that, you know, you don't need to go to high school for fashion. So we could just not go to high school. <laughs> Jackie's daughter is a, is a, I mean, she's got an incredible sense of style already. Sure. Yeah. There's a little hustler section of BB Flea. Mm -hmm. That was Igor's idea. (laughs) What is it called? (laughs) From Igor's custom little hustlers. It's a section where, uh, the VB Flea promotes uh, young hustlers is what we call them, little hustlers. So uh, school-aged kids from preschool to uh, high school, they're able to participate with their parents there with them. Oh, wow. Selling whatever goods they want to because they're little hustlers and we allow it. They're the only people that are allowed not to be vintage and antique. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's cool. That is so cool. Yeah, they're so cool because they get so hype about making money and, like, they come prepared, like, Like, it's cool to watch people progress from that market because, like, you know, people start off just bringing their things. Then the next thing you know, they're starting with a little bit more branding and stuff like that. So it's just so cool to watch everybody grow because it's truly a community. Yeah, the flea, when I went, when we first moved here three years ago, it was just a few booths. And now it's expanded. It wraps all the way around the ping dingy and so many people go and it's really growing and growing and growing, which is amazing to see. Yeah, I love that spot. <laughs> Is there anything we didn't ask that you want to put out there? Um, what do I want to put out there? I think for the most part, we got everything covered. I'm just working on, you know, being better at being my lead of vintage and expanding. <laughs> so you're right. Look at we've got our resident vintage dealer. Is that what we should be calling a vintage dealer? What's the best? Yeah, that's name? what we go by. Vintage dealer, resellers, all that good Lane stuff. I'm not, I'm not too particular. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, not yet. That'd be cool though. Thrift stores are still cool. <laughs> yeah. I know that there's a, there's a difference. So I, again, it's a craft, right? Yeah. You, yeah. you are the chief cre- curator of fashion. Thank you. For Lavalita Vintage. So uh, thank you for sharing your gift. Thank you guys for having me and for acknowledging me and creating this space for people to share with you. Yeah. Good, good. Now, how much will we be spending at Lavalita? Nobody knows until we get over there. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate the support. (laughs) (laughs) All right.